You're listening to the Hindu Business Line's Field Notes podcast with Tia Vivek. Hello dear listeners and welcome to another episode of Field Notes, the weekly podcast from the Hindu Business Line on all things agribusiness. I'm your host TR Vivek. You can of course find uh, field notes on our website www.businessline.in and uh, you will also you can also search for our podcast on all the uh, platforms where you get your regular download of podcasts from that is uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Right, today I'm joined by Business Line's uh, correspondent in Pune, Radhesham Jadhav. Uh, who's filed uh, a series of excellent stories on Maharashtra's, uh, you know, sugar cooperative mess. And today on this on this podcast, we'll be talking about how venal politicians, you know, are milking millions of taxpayers like us and bilking lakhs of sugarcane farmers in the state to line their pockets and in the process create uh, you know this this massive mess in the sector which which affects uh, lakhs of farmers in the state and maharashtra of course is perhaps the second largest uh, uh, sugar producer in the country if i'm if i'm not wrong radhesham um, so today we'll be we'll be talking about that and how uh, how they've been sort of usurping how uh, politicians with vested interest and oligarchs are are um, you know are gaining control of uh, of these sugar mills with massive amounts of uh, of assets with them you know uh, at at really giveaway prices. Um, hello, Radhesham, how are you? And welcome yeah, to hi, 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 thanks, thanks, Um Radhesham, um, you know, congratulations on your excellent three-part series uh, on, on on the cooperative. Uh, uh, sugar mills mess and uh, listeners you can find uh, the link to those stories in the description uh, of of the podcast um, radhesham can 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 you begin by telling us uh, you know a little bit about the history of sugar cooperatives in maharashtra and yeah. uh, the wisdom goes that they are extremely important uh, politically you know uh, used as a political tool and also socially uh, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, can you yeah. take us back in history? Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, so Vivek, uh, I have some data with me. I'll, I'll go to the data later. But uh, as you said, uh, the cooperative movement uh, is one of the major movements in Maharashtra, uh, which has helped the state uh, in economics, politics and uh, social development sector. So if we go back to 1950s, it was uh, late uh, Vithal Rao Vikhe Patil uh, who started the first cooperative sugar mill in Asia. So that was in uh, 1950s. Let us try to understand that Maharashtra as a state came into existence on 1st May 1960. The cooperative movement started before the state came into existence. So this particular movement was led by then Congress leaders who were also part of the freedom movement. So the entire framework about uh, when we talk about cooperative movement is like leaders who were fighting for freedom and then they realized that we need to do something uh, on economic front, uh, especially for agrarian society. And that's how the first meal uh, came into existence. Then. Many people, especially uh, Congress leaders, came forward 
to establish a cooperative movement in Maharashtra. Now, there are about 2.5 crore people right now, if we talk of uh, today's uh, figures or data, 2.5 crore people who are dependent on uh, sugar industry. So uh, there are 8 lakh workers who are actually engaged uh, in uh, sugar season. And there are direct employment, uh, there is direct employment of 1.65 lakh workers. So it has a huge network. But before we try to analyze or understand sugar cooperatives, we need to understand the cooperative structure in Maharashtra. In Maharashtra, we have uh, the Apex Bank, the Maharashtra State Cooperative Bank. Then at second layer, we have district central cooperative banks. And then uh, we have uh, this primary agriculture credit societies. So there is a three-layer structure. And uh, I'll, I'll just read out these figures uh, for you. We have mentioned this in, in our, our stories. But uh, district central cooperative banks have deposits of 87,998 crore, while working capital is of 1,10,000 crore. Now, this is huge amount. So this amount percolates or comes down to uh, this primary agricultural credit societies. And then all this money is in the hands of people who are running these cooperatives. So when I say cooperatives, it's not just sugar cooperatives. It is about district central cooperative banks, primary agricultural credit societies, and also uh, Apex Bank, as I said. So there is an entire network of cooperatives. And uh, all politicians across party lines are interested in cooperatives. We'll come to that later. Yeah. Radhisham, paint for us a picture of you. You spoke about uh, the financing of the cooperatives, the banking structure, and, uh, and the capital involved in this. Uh, how many cooperatives, how many, how many uh, cooperatives would be there and uh, what is their role? What was the role of uh, the cooperative movement itself when it was envisioned? How yeah. was it supposed to help the farmers and uh, what does it do now? So again, I'll say Vivek that uh, we need to understand from the basics. So if I'm a politician, if I'm a local politician, sugar mill and control over cooperative is control over my vote bank. So earlier, state government used to give subsidies and uh, all kinds of assistance to start sugar mills. Nowadays, now state government has uh, stopped this. And now if I'm a politician, I have to um, I have uh, set up sugar mill on my own. Now, this, the Apex Bank, the state cooperative bank, provides all kinds of funding to a politician who wants to set up a sugar mill. Now, here, the members of the state cooperative bank are also MLAs, MPs. They are also the same people who want to establish sugar mills. Right? So, there is a nexus of a kind between the state cooperative bank, politicians who are directors there, and politicians who want to establish sugar mills. Now, if I start a sugar mill, and in couple of and lot of, lot of mills have done this, lot of politicians have done this earlier. That once sugar mill is established, so all kind of uh, kinds of subsidies, and I I'll uh, buy a land in concession and uh, take loans and all kinds of financial assistance from wherever possible, 
and then i'll say that okay it's not possible to run a cooperative sugar mill because um, there are various reasons and one of the prominent reasons uh, they uh, they say that a higher frp uh, for farmers uh, is not helping sugar mills so what is frp three frp is a fair and remunerative price which uh, uh, mill has to give farmer and that is fixed by the government okay so radhisham before before yeah. we come before we come to the uh, dynamics uh, yeah. uh, of of the uh, sugar economy yeah. uh, the very name cooperative implies that there is collective ownership yeah. where where the institution uh, you know does not fall into the hands of one or two individuals but it is there is a sense of shared ownership so yeah. uh, that being the case how uh, how are the benefits or how is the institution uh, hijacked by a handful of politicians how does it happen yeah yeah uh, so when we say cooperative movement it's it's for name sake actually a leader especially uh, mps and mlas are uh, they are like uh, regional satraps who are running the sugar mills so you will find that many cooperative sugar mills have unopposed elections after every 5 years so mm-hmm. they don't uh, have any opposition so generations after generations they are running sugar mills i'll give one example uh, for for our audience mm-hmm. uh, so when i said that padmashri uh, uh, vithal rao vikhe patil started sugar mill in 1950s now there is a fourth generation which is controlling the sugar mill so uh, vithal rao vikhe patil then uh, his son was there balasaheb vikhe patil then radhakrishna vikhe patil and sujay vikhe patil now they have controlled not only the sugar mill but also all the cooperative societies dairy cooperatives educational institutes and even uh, like petrol pumps and assets whatever assets sugar mill uh, will create for itself they have controlled this so it is for name sake it is cooperative but there are around 35 to 40 families dominant families in maharashtra who control these pockets and they also jump from party to party to protect their their uh, fiefdom and this has been happening this is one example i i have given you but there are a lot of politicians especially before 2019 uh, elections when bjp came to power in the center more than 100 politicians sugar barons in maharashtra uh, who were probably uh, going to face enforcement directorate probe they shifted their loyalties to bjp and shiv sena mm-hmm. so we have scenario in maharashtra where uh, one member of family is uh, congress mla uh, his uncle father will be with ncp his grandson will be with bjp so they are in all parties spreading the tentacles to to protect their uh, fiefdoms so when we say cooperative farmers don't have any right don't have any say in operations of sugar mills in fact the general body meetings of sugar mills are not conducted without police protections so that is the only chance opportunity for farmers to express their voice but even these meetings uh, farmers are not allowed to uh, raise questions ask questions and uh, years after years decades after decades families have controlled the sugar mills though farmers are shareholders they have little say on the way sugar mills function and also just one thing uh, i want to add vivek there are a lot of educational institutes in maharashtra and sugar mills actually started engineering colleges 
and late chief minister vasundhara patil promoted privatization in education and sugar mills uh, entered into this arena and it was said that farmers children will be educated today uh, students who are giving massive donations are studying here and of course um, children of farmers are not even um, allowed to enter premises if if i put it this in so it's uh, from what you described radesham this sounds like yeah. a completely perverse system in the name of farmers that does absolutely nothing for farmers exactly and vivek is not a system of exploitation it is a system of oppression and i'm deliberately using this word because if i am a small farmer a politician decides or controls my life and resources so if i oppose him or his family members if i vote against uh, him uh, in in cooperative elections or even in lok sabha or assembly whatever water supply to my sugarcane will be cut off my sugarcane will be not lifted so i'll not get uh, any subsidy i'll not get any government scheme because again gram panchayats are ruled by uh, stooges put up by this politicians so my entire life is controlled as as a farmer my life is controlled by this politician so it's it's a it's a system of uh, oppression structural oppression i would say so right from banking system politics uh, political system and uh, to social system for that matter so everything is entangled here and they control mm-hmm. my life in this way Mm-hmm. Radhesham, how many how many sugar cooperatives operate in Maharashtra? And now tell us about how how this cooperative economy works. Yeah. So this season there were ninety five cooperative sugar mills and ninety five private mills that uh, operated. And uh, if you so go by figures, ninety five each. Yeah. So uh, in twenty eighteen uh, factories in production were one hundred and one, and out of this. Uh, 80 factories reported loss of 4,175. In 2019, 102 factories were uh, in operation, and these 59 factories reported loss of 2,474 crore rupees. This year, uh, sugar mill owners are saying that they will face more losses. Now, the losses sugar mill is 3,000 crores that you mentioned in your story. Yeah, yeah. So now they are saying that. we can't run sugar sugar mills it's we can't afford running sugar mills as i said frp is one reason and second they are saying that uh, the working Adesham, cap- what is what is frp and how uh, how how is it supposed to benefit the farmers and uh, tell us then how does frp become a political tool and how are farmers then exploited because of that yeah so frp is a fixed price decided by the government that mill should uh, sugar mill should pay to farmers and every year government announces this frp considering the production cost and other costs involved uh, in in sugar cane production so would this but, be like an msp for other crops Is yeah it? something like that yeah and also okay. some states like uttar pradesh also announce state price for sugar cane mm. mm. but a point here is vague frp is just one reason that politicians are saying we can't afford it probably they there must be some germ of protein it if at all what is, what is the prevailing frp this season yeah so prevailing frp uh, i have a figure here see the uh, what we have said in in our story here so the sh- 
शुगर मिल इन सांगली सोनेहरा सहकारी साखर कारखाना दे हैव पेड थ्री थाउजेंड वन हंड्रेड एंड सेवेंटी सिक्स पर टन दिसगर मिल हैज पेड एंड देन वी हैव अनदर फैक्ट्री इन कोलहापुर विच हैज पेड थ्री थाउजेंड वन हंड्रेड एंड नाइनटीन द प्राइवेट शुगर मिल इन सांगली इट हैज पेड थ्री the point i'm trying to make here is that frp is one reason they are saying but mostly mismanagement massive corruption and uh, overstaffing and the way sugar mills are run and the way uh, money from sugar mills is siphoned off for political purposes is the main reason so nobody is in talk- in what in what ways can money be siphoned off for political purposes from the sugar mills yeah so i'll i'll give one simple example so many sugar mills have petrol pumps mm-hmm. so right from uh, the uh, the sugar mill chairman to directors and to all the uh, kids and kin they will have free petrol and that cost will be added to the administrative cost this is one simple mm-hmm. example okay so and and also there is uh, allegation that farmer leaders have been saying that uh, the actual uh, sugar which comes to sugar mill and uh, the production there is there is a lot of uh, miscalculation in this so if i am uh, my farmer is sending 30 ton sugar cane to a factory the actual weight they'll be like 25 tons for example i'm saying hmm. so there there is no monitoring system here that is second part third part the way assets are being exploited or monetized so all these sugar mills have land packs educational institutes as i said or even uh, uh, commercial establishments they have like uh, malls or shopping complexes they have so all this money uh, is being used by politicians so this money never comes on record hmm so when they say that we can't afford running sugar mills how this happens when a private owner takes over the same sugar mill that sugar mill starts running in profit in couple of years mm-hmm. are are private mills uh, more efficient when, when when you said that there are 95 private mills and 95 cooperative mills and is the performance of private mills any better yeah so when it comes to uh, recovery rate uh, for this season when we talking of 2021 there are two uh, private mills which top the chart so there is dalmia bharat sugar industries which has recovery rate of 13.39% recovery and rate is need... the amount of sugar extracted yeah. from yeah yeah the sugar cane yeah and the second uh, factory again it's a private factory nirai devi which was a cooperative taken over by dalmia bharat sugar it has recovery rate of uh, 13.1 this is one factor but again uh, the number of staff the number of people working there they reduce uh, it by more than 50% so factories are efficiently run when they go into private hands mm-hmm. see in cooperative sugar mills what happens so if i am a director i would like to have my people my uh, voters uh, my uh, my kith and kin working there having they um, uh, they should have some role to play so in this way there's there are huge number of people who are taking salaries money from the cooperatives so we can't expect uh cooperative sugar mills to just uh, go on adding people when the actual cr- uh, crushing capacity actual 
uh, recovery rate uh, is 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 lowering. So this is just a gravy train, uh, gravy train yeah. for for politicians and uh, and their friends and relatives. Exactly. Uh, Radhesham, we'll come to the anatomy of of uh, uh, you know selling off of of valuable uh, cooperative assets and and how a cooperative turns into a private sugar mill how the ownership passes on to uh, private players uh, and the scam and corruption that happens in the privatization of of these cooperatives so in your story you bring that out why don't you uh, tell our listeners about the anatomy of privatization of cooperative mills so we'll go with the story which which we've published this is one example as i said there are more than 30 mills uh, which are under scanner so there is a sugar mill called jarandeshwar cooperative sugar mill in satara district so mm-hmm. this mill was a cooperative sugar mill which was started by shalini dev patil uh, again she is um, wife of uh, former chief minister vasundada patil she was with ncp for some time one of she is one of the dominant maratha leaders and uh, this mill was running efficiently all sudden then uh, shalinte decides to snap ties with ncp she has differences with uh, senior power and uh, uh, she starts her independent uh, political career the sugar cooperative had taken loans from the maharashtra state cooperative bank mill failed to pay some installments and according to shalinte patil she said that mill had enough deposits in maharashtra state cooperative bank and she requested the bank to divert those deposits to the loan account but bank directors refused to do so then all sudden then uh, maharashtra state cooperative bank decides to conduct auctioning of the mill now deputy chief minister ajit pawar sharad pawar's nephew was the director of maharashtra state cooperative bank when the bank decided to auction the mill when the auctioning was announced there were a lot of companies which came forward to take over the mill now i'll just read out the the sequence our, our audience will be able to understand this so the guru commodity services purchase this jarandeshwar mill but instead of running that mill it immediately leased it to jarandeshwar sugar mills private limited so there was a another private limited company and this guru commodities uh, which purchased gave, the cooperative purchase purchase yeah purchase the cooperative leased it to jarandeshwar uh, sugar mills private limited 65.75 crores so that was the auctioning price but shalinde patil says that the overall asset and price including uh, land price is more than 2000 crores that's and what, how much were the losses how much were the losses of the sugar mill because of which it was uh auctioned out sugar mill was not uh, facing the losses it only failed to pay the installments couple of installments mm-hmm. that's what uh, shalinde patil claims and that's why I, how how much did that amount to uh, it was about uh, 24 to 30 crore uh, according to her yeah okay yeah so uh, guru commodities uh, leased out to another private limited company that again uh, was in the name of jarandeshwar uh, sugar private limited and sparkling soil private limited is uh, holding majority of shares of this jarandeshwar sugar mill private limited now there is a third player coming into the picture this sparkling uh, soil private limited now ed investigation revealed that this sparkling soil 
is directly related to deputy chief minister ajit pawar and his wife sunitra pawar so ajit pawar was not directly purchasing or not into the auction but he was involved in the company which had stakes in jarandeshwar privates limited when you say involved involved in what capacity yeah because uh, he was holding majority of a shares in in uh, okay. he was he had invested money in in uh, this sparkling uh, soil private limited mm-hmm. at the same time deputy chief minister was also the director of the maharashtra state cooperative bank director board which decided that this mill should be auctioned so there are various such cases this is one example but there are various such cases and political leaders from all parties are involved in this and actually it came on record uh, 10 years back uh, 2010 when nabard came out with the report then rbi intervened but since then uh, this radesham to yeah. bring you back to uh, the case of jarandeshwar you say it was uh, purchased uh, by a company in which uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, pawar had an interest or had a shareholding what is the alleged real value of that cooperative so according where to, does that value lie yeah according to shalinthi patil uh, who was heading that mill the assets including sugar mill the land packs uh, its values uh, value is is more than 2000 crores so it's not just mill it's about land mm-hmm. and and the way land acquisition happens in maharashtra even in any other state uh, uh, we know what what happens to that and so i'll just just debate for a moment so there are a lot of irrigation projects in maharashtra in fact maharashtra is the state which has highest number of dams in india and irrigation is lowest mm-hmm. okay so the land acquisition that happened for irrigation projects so irrigation project was constructed and uh, for example see 100 acres of land uh, is been acquired and uh, the land utilized is 30 or 40 acres so remaining 60 acres of land is with the government and then various companies charitable trusts trusts ngos in whatever form uh, run by politicians they are grabbing this land this is this is another topic but what i'm trying to say is that it's not only about sugar mills it's about huge packs of land that is available with with sugar mills so here in in the case of jarandeshwar or in the case of more than 30 sugar mills what happened majority of people um, who were directors of that bank they first gave loans to these sugar mills knowing that many of the sugar mills were not in position to pay loans they were running in losses but still loans were given and when auctioning happened these were the same people who directly indirectly visibly invisibly played a major role in taking over this sugar mills and as i said it's not restricted to one political party now see what what happens is that when we say cooperatives generally uh, it was said that it is about nationalist congress party sharad pawar and congress party but now all these people or not all these people majority of these people who enjoyed power with congress and nationalist congress party for all these years they are now in bjp and shiv sena camps mm-hmm. and and this process will continue now as ed has started probe in jarandeshwar there'll be many people many sugar barons who will be probably calculating all these political calculations and probably they'll be shifting their loyalties to to the bjp 
but as as you point out in your story uh, this this seems to be happening across the political spectrum uh, some companies uh, uh, allegedly related to nitin gadkari uh, were yeah. also named yes there are two companies uh, uh, which was purchased by uh, by companies related to nitin gadkari and uh, surprisingly see there is there is also political angle in this politi- politics involved in this now when the state bjp president sends a letter to new cooperation minister amit shah saying that auctioning of these meals should be probed and he sends the list and the list includes two uh, sugar meals purchased by nitin gadkari mm-hmm. so there is internal politics involved in this i sense the way devendra fadnavis and nitin gadkari camps are at loggerheads in maharashtra or the way bjp is playing out its politics in maharashtra it is also related to that so there are shiv sena leaders there are congress there are ncp leaders uh, there are uh, bjp leaders uh, involved involved in this and bjp leaders in recent times they are entering into the cooperatives but they are not able to make a headway in in rural areas 55% of uh, population in maharashtra still is in rural areas and rural economy is largely dependent on cooperatives so bjp tried hard to enter into these zones but when devendra fadnavis in 2019 realized that bjp will not be able to control or dominate cooperatives soon he ensured that these barons sugar barons satraps join bjp and in many places bjp asked their leaders to give a way for ncp congress leaders to contest as bjp candidates even sitting mlas of the bjp were asked to stay away from elections and turn courts were given opportunities mm-hmm. in this way devendra fadnavis was trying to prop up alliance of cooperative barons uh, and trying to um, take away ncp in congresses would base mm-hmm. pradesham is there any possibility of a clean up of of this uh, a completely dysfunctional and uh, messy system that you describe uh we it's difficult difficult because uh, as i said now see all sudden then why this probe has started especially uh, ncp and congress leaders are being targeted it's a very clear indication to all other leaders that okay now this is a signal this is this is a alarm for you bjp mm-hmm. is not able to digest that despite being a single largest party in maharashtra it was not able to come to the power mm-hmm. now by targeting ncp leaders bjp uh, is sending a message and probably uh, sharad pawar when he recently met prime minister narendra modi and then amit shah probably new political equations might come up or prop up in maharashtra Uh, why because bjp can't afford losing maharashtra and sitting on opposition benches and ncp will not allow its satraps barons uh, to go through ed scanner so the straight answer is no probably <laughs> this will continue only uh, these leaders will be in bjp camp and probably uh, pro will be stopped radesham it is uh, quite depressing uh, to hear you hear you speak about the scam and uh, and and by all estimates going by your accounts you know we we really won't head anywhere with with the investigations and it will be the politics of expediency that will dictate 
the future or the fate of of such probes thank you very much for uh, joining us today and uh, uh, please keep up doing your excellent series of stories and I, I i personally would look forward to reading more from you on this thank you very much thank you thanks